deep left into the bleachers. A two-run homer. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Liftoff. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch! Ball game! The Indians have won the American League pennant! The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series! Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is Dan Kadar and of course I'm joined by Ryan Lewis. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing great. Let's do it. Let, let's tear this thing apart. And by this thing, I just I just mean we're going to record a podcast. We're not going to tear anything apart. But today... Let's rage. Let's rage about some Indians youth. Because let's face it, the Indians, following Sunday's loss to the Chicago White Sox, now sit 11 and a half games behind the Minnesota Twins in the Central... Perhaps even more alarming at this point is that they're now tied with the White Sox in the division. The offense is still bad. The pitching is still, let's say, inconsistent. And frankly, they lost the game in the series against the White Sox because of uh, fielding problems. So it's a whole big mess for the Cleveland Indians right now. There are some interesting young players, which is what we're going to talk about today. We are recording this on Monday, just after 2 p.m., so we'll, we'll tack on maybe a little little nugget at the end of this about the MLB draft, which starts tonight. I've got a hot take that I, I want to get out there on the record. Let's talk about current Indians. We're going to talk about Oscar Mercado. We're going to talk about Bobby Bradley. And we're going to start talking about Zach Plesak, who Ryan and I wrote down, of course, Dan Plesak, when I made my notes for today's podcast, that of course is his father, the former major league pitcher. But Zach Plesak, he got called up. He started to wait, wait. yes, uncle, uncle, uncle. See, I'm screwing this up left and right, and that's why you're the beat writer and I'm the schmo. You know that Dan Plesak is Zach Plesak's uncle. I think he's his dad. I'm not going to ask for a DNA test. We're just going to move on. <laughs> Zach Plesak. Called up, started two games, has looked pretty good, 12 innings pitched. He's given up one run in each game. He hasn't hit 100 pitches yet, so he's not out there a ton, but he did pitch seven innings against the White Sox on Sunday. Ryan, what do you think of Please, Zach? What is his, what is his future here? Because there was the quote from Terry Francona before the Boston series that Please, Zach was going to stay up even if he struggled in that first game. Um, so what, what is your take on Please, Zach, how he's looked, and the role he's going to have for the Indians? Well, I think, as always, you know, probably the most important thing to note as exit with a young guy as exciting as a start might be, or as disappointing as a start might be, it's a crazy small sample size. Uh, but, you know, the, the early returns have, have looked very promising with him. And, you know, it's a situation where the Indians are kind of, um, kind of molding together two, two situations or scenarios that, that we've talked about, you know, since the, since around opening day in terms of, you know, the Indians, A, needing to find, you know, some answers with some depth. And for the most part, we've talked about that in the outfield or the bullpen, but 
It's also true with the rotation, especially if the Indians do go the route of selling off a, a piece or two as we get closer to the trade deadline. You know, one of the one of the key targets, I think, the you know, the highest percentage chance uh, in terms of guys who could get a, a serious return to be dealt would be Trevor Bauer. So the Indians are you know, kind of looking for some answers. And you know, the the other scenario was you know around the beginning of the season, you know, one through five. Indians rotation was looked at as likely being, you know, the deepest and probably the best rotation, uh, you know, from front to back in baseball. Uh, but you know, six, seven, eight, nine in terms of those those additional uh, depth and options that you know teams know that they're likely going to need throughout a season. There were just some questions in terms of you know some injuries that guys are dealing with, some question marks. Um, so the Indians have you know turned a negative with Kluber and Clevenger being out into a a very small positive, but. You know, one that they're able to you know, possibly get some use out of in terms of possibly finding some answers within their depth, uh, you know, gaining some information with some guys like Yafi Rodriguez and now like uh, Zach Plesak. So, you know, he's a guy who he continues to pitch like he is. He, he can carve out a pretty significant role. Uh, Clevenger uh, could be returning sooner rather than later. Uh, he's still, still waiting a bit uh, on him. It won't be um, you know, quite this week. Um, and then with, with Corey Kluber, the Indians are still kind of waiting on, on some, some more information as well in terms of narrowing down his timeline. But, but Zach Blisak does have, you know, a, a case to be made, especially if the Indians make a move or two, you know, that's going to open up a spot. And he's just one of the guys who, uh, you know, if he continues to take steps forward, if he can, continues to adjust to the league, he does have a, a relatively positive chance of you know being able to stick um will that be this year uh you know who knows if indians don't make a move if kluber you know comes back a little earlier rather than later uh you know the indians do have adam plucko they do have uh you have rodriguez as, as options so there are some you know some uh some roadblocks there in terms of a clear path but you know as long as he pitches well the indians are are more than happy to add a couple of options and sort of create a, a good problem to have in terms of their pitching depth because at times uh, at least based on track record, injury history, things like that, it hasn't always looked as positive. Mm. Yeah, and the police act's interesting kind of in the same way Jeffrey Rodriguez was interesting after his first two starts. I remember we recorded a podcast on him, you know, and just kind of somewhat of the same thing, how he could open the options up more for the Indians at the trade deadline, which I, it seems like we talk about every week, but it's this touchstone moment on the baseball calendar. Plesak's story, though, again, the nephew of, of Dan Plesak, is pretty remarkable. Just, you know, he was a 12th round pick in 2016 by the Indians, and he slipped there because he, he had a Tommy John surgery his draft year. So the Indians got great value, obviously, in the 12th round. But Ryan, this guy started three games at AAA this year. That blew me away that he it's just like flying through the system here. It's not like he's a 27 or 28 year old first time in the majors kind of player. He's still pretty young and just three starts in the minors or three starts in AAA, excuse me, he was in Akron before that obviously. That's kind of startling a little bit to see a guy just flying up like this. I can't remember the last Indians player that they've kind of vaulted that fast through AAA. But it's it's interesting to see him up here because he looks he just looks the part. He's a big guy. 
I don't know. I, I'm probably, I'm probably over, probably overdoing it on just two major league starts. But I think I like Zach Plesac. Yeah, and his his fastball has played really well, and yeah. his, his slider has played really well, and he's been able to, you know, really leverage those two pitches along with the curveball and the changeup, and he's, you know, he's looked pretty strong so far. He's been throwing a lot of fastballs, and uh, you know, he's, he's been finding success with it. You know, there there are a couple of guys who you know, the Indians have have kind of pushed through a little uh, quicker. Uh, uh, Karen Check and Sandlin are two names to for fans to possibly know who have, you know, both, uh, you know, had quicker than normal trajectories and, and, and some su- success this season and uh, you know police act's one of them and you know sometimes you you know guys can show that they've they've taken that step and the Indians can kind of ride the hot hand and, and see how he adjusts uh, to major league hitters and how major league hitters adjust back to him and that's kind of the, the key point where you know like you mentioned Jeffrey Rodriguez had you know, he's had a, a, a pretty a quality stretch here with the Indians um, but not quite as sharp as his first couple starts and you know, the league's always going to adjust the young players, and that's kind of one of the one of the, the key points to watch going forward. It really is, and I think another thing to watch moving on from from Plesac and pitching is is Oscar Mercado, the outfielder. Here's kind of been the trajectory for him as far as the discussion points have gone this season. He was great in spring. Tr- yeah, go ahead. No, no, he's just he's kind of giving the Indians what. Um, yes. You know what they've what they kind of needed and what was advertised. And yeah. you know there have been some there have been some blips, um, and some some you know fielding miscues. But you know that's kind of to be expected with a young player. But you know he he's he's in a position where he could carve out a a fairly regular role. Um, you know he's continued to head. He's got you know the Indians have talked about his you know kind of the, the head that he has on his shoulders, and he's he's pretty even keel for the most part, and he's. You know he's done well um, so far, and as we've talked about, seems like a thousand times this year, being a right-handed outfielder kind of has its perks when you're trying to create your own path uh, with this team. Yeah, it really does, and it, it's funny just that trajectory that he's had this season. He was the hot guy in spring training that fans kind of glommed onto and wanted him called up, and then there was that waiting period, and now he's finally here, and he's playing pretty well, hitting number two. Uh, like you said, he's that right-handed outfielder that maybe they needed. But Ryan, I, I really do wonder with him if, if a tough decision is going to have to be made when Tyler Naquin is healthy. And I don't know if the tough decision is about Mercado necessarily. I really wonder if it's about Leonis Martin. Uh, he has struggled pretty substantially whatever this season, uh, he's not been good. Do you think that the Indians could come to a point where they say, we can't send Mercado back down, Naquin is healthy and coming back up? Do they move on from Leonis Martin? Is that a possibility, do you think? Yeah, it could be. You know, anything's possible. The other scenario is at some point, um, you know, there are, there are other guys. There are the Bradley Zimmers of the world to, mm-hmm. at some point to – take into consideration. So there's, you know, the Indians knew that they were going to have some moving parts of the outfield this year. Um, you know, this is just kind of the continuation of that. Um, I think anything is possible. Um, you know, I was looking at Nakin's return as the potential point if Carlos Gonzalez had not turned things around. Perhaps that's the time that they cut bait with Carlos Gonzalez. They chose to do that um, a, a little bit earlier uh, than, 
uh, than what, what I think we thought would have made just some logical sense once Naquin's able to return if Cargo hadn't turned things around. That, that may be the point. Um, but the Indians have been carrying um, a, a heavier bullpen than normal. They've, they've gotten a lot of good returns out of that bullpen, so they may not want to mess with that too much. They're, uh, they also are in a situation where uh, there are only a few guys with options, and those guys are not going to be sent down. So the Indians will have to expose some guys to waivers if they go that route. So it's not exactly the easiest, uh, you know, question to answer or uh, you know, uh, scenario to figure out for the Indians. Um, but yeah, once Naquin is is healthy, the, that is a guy who they've wanted to get as many at bats as possible, and they want him to be in the lineup a little bit before before July and before the Indians need to make some. Determinations not only which direction do they go on the market, but uh, you know uh, individual player personnel uh, decisions. And so, th- do the Indians want to send down Mercado? He's he's had a very positive stretch. Uh, he fits the roster a little bit uh, nicer than Leonis Martin. So, if things haven't turned around by that point, if Martin continues to struggle like he has, I, I could see that happening. But there there are a lot of scenarios at play here. Yeah, this is certainly not the last time we're going to talk about how the outfield is shaped up in Cleveland. That, that's for sure here on the podcast. But I, I'm excited by Oscar Mercado, watching him on the bases once he finally gets on. It, it, it's fun. He, he just moves differently. Um, the last player I want to talk about today, Ryan, is Bobby Bradley, who's still in Columbus. He's, you know, if Mercado was the spring training prospect darling that the current prospect darling is Bobby Bradley. He's a first baseman. The Indians drafted him in the third round in 2014. He leads the International League in home runs currently with 16. He just turned 23 last week, so he's young. I know he's a kind of all-or-nothing type of hitter, but what is keeping Bobby Bradley... At this point, while we're recording, again, Monday at 2.22 is the exact moment. What is keeping Bobby Bradley in Columbus instead of Cleveland? I think part of it is just kind of his, his past in the majors in terms of the personnel the Indians have. Uh, but it's also, uh, you know, the Indians are determining, uh, you know, they're going to have to soon, if that determination hasn't been made already, that you know, they need to figure out which direction they're going to go for this season. And, uh, you know, they... Uh, as big as something in early June can be within a very long season, um, you know this this homestand is a, is a key stretch for the Indians, where they have three games against the Twins and three games against the Yankees, but six games against teams that they are chasing um, or, or could end up chasing, depending on how uh, the AL East um, kind of figures itself out for either the Central Division or the Wild Card. So, you know, this is a, a stretch where the Indians could have a lot more information in terms of which direction they go in about a week. Um, but if they if they do sell off a, a piece or two, and you know, kind of say, okay, well, we're going to push back away from the table, and we'll see what happens for 2020 or 2021. Um, you know, that that may just lighten the urgency to have Bobby Bradley up and start his service clock. That being said, if the Indians have a positive week or positive couple of weeks, Bobby Bradley is a guy who. You know, it's kind of making his case, and the Indians may not be able to to look the, the other way for too much longer. Uh, another interesting point with him is that he's actually he hasn't had a lot of the bats against lefties, mm-hmm. but he's pounded left-handed pitching this year. Uh, he's actually shown more power, you know, per plate appearance against lefties than he has against righties, 
And uh, like you said, he's a he's a three true outcomes hitter. Um, kind of <laughs> almost like a, one of those. Uh, I guess in a way he's he's just someone who you know has has always shown the power, but never quite as consistently to overcome the higher number of strikeouts that he's had this year. That's kind of rotated a bit, kind of flipped a little bit enough to where now you know you you can put up with with the higher strikeout totals um, with the way that he's hitting. He doesn't walk a lot. Uh, you know, it's not an ideal situation, but um, you know when he's when he's mashing like he has, he's got, I think he has uh, like 30 extra base hits mm-hmm. already. Um, his slugging percentage is over 600 this year. Uh, he's hitting both righties and lefties. Um, you know, he's a guy who, if the Indians can right the ship, if they decide to to, to really go after a, a wild card spot, and they may. They may also kind of try to straddle both, you know, uh, that line where they may sell off a piece or two and still try to go for a wall card. And, you know, he's, he's still a controllable guy. But with Bobby Bradley, I'd, it, that might be a dependent factor in terms of how the Indians choose to handle him and how they choose to handle kind of his, you know, starting his service clock. But uh, with a positive stretch, you could certainly see him, you know, he's a guy that Tito said, uh, is you know is on the Indians' radar for sure, and uh, you know if the Indians choose to kind of go after it here, he's a guy who could fill in um, with at first base or uh, with that DH spot uh, with Santana at first, and you know try to provide the kind of power that the Indians hoped they could you know they could have gotten out of Cargo or Henry Ramirez. Hmm. Yeah, here's the exact stats or more exact stats on on Bradley. He has 193 at bats right now. He struck out 71 times. That's a lot. He's only walked 19 times. He's hitting 285, and like we said, 16 homers. And Ryan, his nickname, do you know his nickname? It's, the Assassin. It's, that's the best nickname in the Indians organization <laughs> right now, I have to say. If that's not a reason to call him up, I'm not sure what else there is. Right. I mean, at least right, for right. if they do nickname day with the jerseys, the Assassin. Oh, I love it. It's great. And... You know what, that's... Yeah. You're, you're building a strong case that you're right. He needs to be up for the players' weekend so that they can. I don't know if, if Major League Baseball would sign off on that, <laughs> on the assassin on the back of a jersey, but it'd be a it'd be a strong contender among to be among the better ones in baseball for sure. And just just for the record, he is on the Indians' forty man roster already, so it, it's a slightly slightly easier move than than somebody else. So that, that's interesting with him. Ryan, anything else this week on the current Indians before I give you my MLB draft hot take? No, I'm very ready for this. Okay. Here's my MLB draft hot take by somebody who knows very little about actual baseball, which I'm sure people who have listened to our podcast know very well by now. However, on the record... The player I want the Indians to take tonight, and this will be very irrelevant after Monday, I want Cody Hosey, I think is how you say his last name, Hoese, H-O-E-S-E, a third baseman from Tulane. Why do I want him, Ryan? Because he mashes the baseball. That's all he does. He only hits home runs. He hits the ball far. Yeah. Period. That's literally the only reason I want him. I, look, and here's here's where this comes from. In 2013, I was enamored with a power-hitting player who could do little else. 
that was Aaron Judge. Now, my man Cody Hosey is no Aaron Judge. He's not six foot eight. He's only about six four and around two hundred pounds. But this is the guy I want. He's projected right now. I've been looking at some MLB mock drafts because I'm a real crazy person. Uh, let's see here. Keith Law of ESPN has him going 31st to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Let's see one other one here. Jonathan Mayo from MLB.com. He has Cody Hosey. This is unbelievable. He has him going one pick before the Indians in his mock draft. This is cruel an unusual punishment by Jonathan Mayo. I'm going to email him my angry reply. So, Ryan, that's who I want in the MLB draft tonight. And in general, my theory is take hitters early and then just take all pitchers, just power pitchers from there on out. Like take like three or four hitters and then give me the strongest throwing pitchers the rest of the draft. That's my MLB draft hot take. To an extent, you know, the Indians last, uh, you know, last season, they, they took Bo Naylor and then they took three pitchers yes. um, on, on the first night. So they, they, you know, they kind of followed that track record to an extent. What's funny is, because they'll often have cameras uh, at players' homes to see the excitement and the reactions when they drafted, but mm-hmm. um, judging by how excited you will be if the Indians do take this guy, I feel like there should be a camera in your place that, should, that can be shown on MLB Network. Just to mean. See the excitement. Me eating ice cream watching TV, yeah. Um, yeah. No one wants but it's to fine. see you that. Just, you just want guys who are like, you want a guy who's going to drink a beer on his way to the plate. That's right. Hit a home run, smoke a cigarette as he walks, as he jogs around the, the Yes, bases. yes. Yeah, all right. That's and look, fine. next week when the Indians are hot off drafting Cody Hosey with the 24th pick of the first round, which is their first pick, by the way, We'll come up with a hot nickname for him that's better than the assassin. Oh, it's a high bar. That's right. That's right. Name it high. Uh, it'll be good. We'll, we probably won't do that. Who am I kidding? Uh, Ryan, anything <laughs> else this week before we get out of here? Before I embarrass myself no, no, further? Uh, <laughs> since we mentioned the draft, I mean, uh, you know, this is recorded Monday night. They've had the 24th pick and yeah. the 63rd pick. Um, they also had a competitive balance pick that they dealt to the Mariners. Uh, in the three-team deal that brought Carlos Santana and Jake Bowers uh, to Cleveland. Um, so, yeah, so this will be, uh, you know, Scott Barnsby's second draft as the director of amateur scouting, so we'll kind of see how it goes. But, uh, you know, other than that, you know, the Indians will, you know, their, their amateur department will, you know, be heavy on the draft, and the major league side will be focused on the Twins and the Yankees, and this is a fairly key stretch, you know, all things considered for, you know, your normal June homestand. Um, but that, that, that could weigh heavily in terms of which direction the Indians go. Yeah. So by the time that we pod again, uh, there you know there might be a much clearer path for the Indians. We'll mm. see. Yeah, we will see. Next week we'll talk a little bit more about what's happening on the field here on leading off with Ryan Lewis. That is going to do it for the podcast this week. Hey, Indians, if you want my consulting advice, you know how to find me here. Make sure you follow Ryan on Twitter. He's at by Ryan Lewis. That's where you'll find the real baseball. And you can find all of his work over at Ohio.com slash Indians. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you next time.